I want to start this morning by telling you that I love birds. Um, you know, Don Blair had that shocking announcement that he loves Hallmark movies. I like birds. I like watching birds. I like um, feeding them. Uh, and we're blessed to go each year to go up north to my mom and dad's cabin up in Minnesota. It's in the north woods. It's right on the Canadian border, and it's just pristine wilderness. And as you sit, you know, you'd be out on the lake in a boat fishing right along the shore, and, and you can hear the birds sing. You can maybe hear a beaver slap its tail or eagles cry as they soar overhead. Uh, but there is one bird in particular that's up there that it, it, every time I hear it, it just transports me to Minnesota. And I actually have a clip of, of, uh, of that bird. It's a white-throated sparrow. That's good enough, Phil. So how, I can see you're all just enthralled with birds. Um, how many of you have heard that bird before? Yeah, quite a few. Okay, so that bird is actually around here right now. It's a migrating bird. It's, I, I heard one just the other day in my yard. Um, and so I want to tell you a little story about, uh, about a specific white-throated sparrow in a migration. Uh, he had missed the migration and he was uh, stuck a little too far north, a little too late in the year. And uh, as, he's, as he's flying, he hits a cold front, and he realizes this, this is not a good deal. He's alone, um, and he, he's flying through this cold front, and it starts to sleet, and then some freezing rain hits, and with every pump of his wings, he's getting iced up a little bit more and more. He's losing altitude. He's getting weak. He's getting discouraged, and finally he skids to a halt in a pasture in northern Wisconsin. And as he's sitting on the ground thinking, this is it, I've, I've, I've screwed up, I, I left too late, um, a cow wanders by and dumps a cow pie right on top of this little bird. He's like, insult to injury, this is it, I'm going to die in a cow pie. Um, but as he's sitting there uh, considering what's going to happen to him, he realizes it's warm. He's like, this isn't too bad. And the ice is starting to melt off, and he's starting to feel a little bit better and a little bit better. And um, he's stretching out his wings a little bit. He feels so good, he starts to sing. And so he's singing so loud, it can be heard from this cow pie over top of the storm. And he's, he's really cheerful at this point. He feels good. It's the best he's felt in a long time. And then he starts to see daylight, and something's digging him out of this pile. And he thinks, I'm saved. And then a cat grabs him and eats him in three bites. Um, the topic of our sermon this morning is, uh, is discouragement and disappointment. Um, that's, actually, I, that's actually a story from uh, uh, T- Tony Evans uh, told that story. And the three points out of that story that he used were not everybody, who, um, not everybody who, who harms you is your enemy, and not everybody who digs you out is your friend, and when you find yourself covered in excre- excrement, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> those, those were his three points. But today, we have some different points. Um, My name is Matt Miller. I'm one of six elders here at Northfield, if you're new here. Um, And it's my honor today to dig into God's Word. Um, Let's start with a prayer. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would speak through your Word today. Lord, open our hearts and minds to what you'd have for us. I pray that nothing I say or do this morning gets in the way of what you would have heard. So uh, give us understanding and wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Um, <clears throat> so John Stott is a Christian theologian, and he said the Christian's chief occupational hazards are depression and discouragement. I think if you've been alive for more than a few minutes, you've, you've experienced discouragement. As soon as a baby comes out of the womb, it's discouraged. It wants to go back in where it's warm, it's hungry. All these things happen, and that's as soon as you're born. And then discouragement and disappointment is something we face the rest of our lives until we die. And I think every single person has a, has a responsibility, every single believer for sure has a responsibility to deal with discouragement and disappointment in a God-honoring way. So the goal this morning is to break down different types of discouragement into some very broad categories. There's all different kinds, but I think I pegged some of the bigger ones. Uh, I want to give some real-life examples from Scripture from each of those types of discouragement and then look at how those people uh, handled that discouragement in a God-honoring way. So we're going to uh, look at four different people, and we're going to look at their discouragements first, and then we're going to go back and look at the same people and how they dealt with them. So hopefully that's clear. Um, I want to start with uh, discouragement brought on by ourselves. And if you're in your bulletin, that's point number one, discouragement brought on by ourselves, and then the following would be our example. Um, this is a very common type of discouragement. It's often misdiagnosed. We, we often, when we get in, in situations where we're, we're to blame for it, we often point the finger at somebody else or some other situation. But a good biblical example of this is the prodigal son. Very familiar story. Uh, in a nutshell, he selfishly asked his dad for his inheritance early, and he spent it on, on booze, women, and parties uh, until the economy uh, went south on him. So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to give the, I'm going to give the, we're going to read the Bible verses on the wall. You can look them up if you want, but uh, I'm not going to stop to give time to, to look them up. Luke 15, 14 through 16. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him into the field, fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So this is self-imposed discouragement. In this case, it was sin. It was unrepentant sin. That's not always the case with, with discouragement, but the example we're using today is sin. Um, so uh, Brady often used, or has used the quote before that sin always overpromises and always underdelivers, And that is exactly what happened here. I don't think this kid was planning on this disaster to befall him when he asked for a load of money from his dad and actually got it. Uh, uh, so because sin blinds us, uh, it also strips us of discernment. And so he, uh, natural con con consequences are sometimes mistaken as spiritual attacks or other things. But in this case, it was just a consequence of his actions. So um, are you cheating on your wife or your husband, uh, either emotionally or physically, and your life isn't going well and you are down in the dumps? Uh, are you, young people, are you, are you at odds with your parents not getting what you want? Are you discouraged because of that? Um, these are all things that, that fall under self, uh, the, the discouragement brought on by ourselves. The second one is discouragement brought on by others. The Apostle Paul had great opportunity for this. It happened all the time for him. Uh, he mentions it multiple places in Scripture in his letters. Here's an example of his writings to the believers in Corinth. In 2 Corinthians 1... 8 through 10. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. Uh, and I listen to the, this last sentence. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. 
Indeed, we felt we'd received the sentence of death. That's, that's discouragement. He's in a bad place. At different times, Paul was beaten. He was stoned, and not like the current stone we, we associate with. He was, they threw big rocks at him until they thought he was dead. Um, he'd been whipped. He'd been run out of town by angry mobs. Uh, and not to mention the discouragement, having to go back and straighten out churches that he had planted, just the emotional discouragement of having to deal with friends who were, who were believing false teachers and other things, uh, he, he faced a lot of discouragement. A modern-day equivalent might be parents if you have children who might make bad decisions that have lifelong consequences, and, and you know what's coming because of those decisions, but, but it's discouraging. Uh, seeing a loved one struggle with illness is another one. Um, having a cow pie dropped on your head, discouragement brought on by others. Discouragement brought on or allowed by God, and I, I, I separate those two um, because I think there are two different categories there. Um, we can't only believe the parts of the Bible that, we, that are easy to believe or want to believe. A, a good place to look at this example is, is in Ezekiel or Old Testament prophets. These guys... Uh, for those of you who, who aren't aware, prophets back then were somebody God spoke to directly and they had to take a message to the Israelites. They, they, and it was not an enviable job. They paid dearly. Those messages were not positive messages and you've heard the term kill the mess, don't kill the messenger. Well, they, these guys used that term literally and not, it didn't always work. Um, but in Ezekiel, he was one of those prophets in Ezekiel 24, 15 through 18. And this is him speaking. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, with one blow, I'm about to take away from you the delight of your eyes. Yet do not lament or weep or shed any tears. Groan quietly. Do not mourn for the dead. Keep your turban fastened and your sandals on your feet. Do not cover your mustache and beard or eat the customary food of mourners. So I spoke to the people in the morning, and in the evening my wife died. It's hard to read. These aren't the only examples. Job's another example of this. Uh, Job would be an example of, of, um, of God allowing um, discouragement. You know, he had everything stripped away from him. But we're not going to go into that, but that's just another example. The fourth one is discouragement brought on by spiritual darkness. So many of you are going to remember the famous account of the, the demon-possessed guy and Jesus cast the demons out and, and put them into the pigs. I can't read the whole thing because it's spread out over too many verses, but I'm going to read you some excerpts from it. Uh, this is in Luke 8:26 through 39. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and although he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven out by the demons into solitary places. This guy had uh, real, real reason for discouragement. At this point, he's, he's being tormented both physically and spiritually. He's buck naked, living in tombs away from town. It was not an enviable life. Um, so these are the four types of discouragement that I wanted to look at, and there's a lot of others. There's illness, there's, uh, there's unemployment, there's finances. There's much of life in general can cause discouragement. And I also want to add, 
that these discouragements can be compounded on each other. You can have a physical illness and, and Satan can attack you in a different way and cause more discouragement. So these aren't all just standalone, and this isn't all of them, but these were kind of the big ones I wanted to hit. The good news here is, this is where we're switched to good news, is that God uses all these discouragements to take us to a point where he needs us to be, a sanctification process, a, a, a growth process. We sang about it, um, Sovereign Over Us. All the songs we sang this morning, thank you, Logan, you guys did a great job. I love to, I love to see the youth up here leading. Um, we sang about it this morning. And so uh, God has a plan for all these things. So I want to look at paths out of discouraging situations, the same ones that our, that our, our Bible examples took. Uh, unlike our little excrement-covered songbird, um, these will be good examples. Uh, discouragement brought on by ourselves. Remember the prodigal son? He whined women and songed himself into uh, abject poverty. Let's jump back into his turning point. Matthew 15, 17 through 20. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And this is the key verse here. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. This is Christianity 101. This is when you find yourself in sin, repent. This is what repentance looks like. He realized his wrongs. He did a 180. He went. He, he, um, he acknowledged to God that he was sinning. He acknowledged to his father that he was sinning, who he sinned against. The key word is repent. And again, I want to emphasize that all sin, all self-imposed discouragement is not sin. In this particular case, in our example, it was. Discouragement brought on by others. Remember the Apostle Paul? Uh, he said, we are under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. That was where we left off. That's discouragement beyond anything I've ever, I've never felt that I've received a sentence of death. I've never been beaten or stoned. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 1, 9 through 11. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Okay? He humbled himself, number one. He knew where he was at under God. He knew he couldn't rely on himself, but only on God. He was remembering what God had said. God's word. That's what we would use God's word. He was remembering that God raised people from the dead. He had the ability to do all the things he said he would do. And he prayed and gave thanks. And that puts the focus not on us, but on God and what he can do. He moves, we move from being self-focused to God-focused. Number three, to me, the hardest one, discouragement brought on by God. Um, remember Ezekiel, right? The prophet. God needed to send a message to the Israelites and through Ezekiel, and he used a means to send that message that, that in my human eyes, is cruel, um, just really hard. This one tears me up. But why are we surprised by hardship when the Bible explains very clearly that being a follower of Christ is going to be very difficult? 
So let's look at Ezekiel's reaction. You remember the verse we ended with? It says so in Ezekiel 24, 18. So I spoke to the people in the morning, and in the evening my wife died. So listen to his reaction. The next morning I did as I had been commanded. The next morning I did as I had been commanded. Ezekiel acknowledged God's authority. He did that, and he did that by his obedience. He obeyed God. Thick or thin, hard or easy. Understand, don't understand. We don't get a pass on obedience, ever. God calls us to obey, no matter what. And Ezekiel did that. He trusted that God knew what was best. Number four, discouragement brought on by spiritual darkness. You remember our demon-possessed guy living in the tombs. In Luke 8.35, when they came to Jesus, they found, him, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then skipping down to 38, the man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. Jesus is leaving at this point, leaving the town. But Jesus sent him away, saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. He acknowledged God's authority. He was, in a literal sense, if you picture this, he is sitting at Jesus' feet. Literally, Jesus is in an authority position. He's sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to the teachings of Jesus. So he placed himself under Jesus' teachings, and then he obeyed the words of Jesus. This guy had been possessed in a horrible situation. He wanted to go with Jesus. I want to, this guy's got everything. He's, he freed me. I want to go with him. Jesus said, no, I need you to stay here and tell everybody what happened. He obeyed. So I want to package this up in a, in a nice little bundle um, with, our, with our action items. Um, number one, acknowledge God's authority. We humble ourselves. When we find ourselves in a discouraging situation, many times it's because we are completely self-focused and we forget God is who he says he is. Not saying that our discouragement is going to immediately go away in any of these things, but it will help us grow through them and get out of them faster. When we acknowledge God, we put ourselves in a proper place under God. So much of my discouragement in my life is, um, is caused by me trying to usurp God's authority in my life. I, I have a plan, and it's X, Y, Z, but God's plan is over here. And much of my discouragement is caused by me trying to do X, Y, Z and not seeking God or doing what God wants me to do. It, that's just the way it, it happens. I want to do what I want, when I want, how I want. And I'm supposed to do what God wants, when he wants, how he wants it. It's just a constant battle. So the first one is we need to acknowledge God's authority. Uh, the second one is, if needed, repent. If needed, repent. If you're living outside of God's will, and the bulk of your discouragements coming from our own dumb actions, repent. Turn around and go the other way. Pride, selfishness, anger, addiction, materialism, gossip, sexuality. The list could go on and on. If, repentance, if unrepentant sin is causing your discouragement, the quickest answer to get out of that discouragement is repentance. Repentance. Number three, remember God's word and the truths out of his word. 
All of, our, all of our, our guys did that. He is the same then as he is now, as he will be forever. That, that, I can't imagine being in Ezekiel's spot. But he, he, he knew God's word. He listened to God's word. God has raised the dead. He's delivered people from peril. He alone can give us deliverance and joy. And when we study God's word, it focuses, focuses us on his attributes and him exactly where it needs to be, not on our situation and our circumstance. So all of our examples today stood on God's truth. And to stand on it, you have to remember it. To remember it, you have to know it. And to know it, you have to read it. If you're not reading God's word, it's going to be difficult to remember that when times get really tough. The fourth one is obey God's word. Reading and knowing God's word doesn't do much good if you're not obeying it. There's nothing, again, like our Bible examples, there's nothing that gives us a pass on this. You've been beaten, stoned, and thrown in jail. You still have to obey. Ezekiel, when his wife died. Paul, when he was in prison. Job, when tragedy beyond imagination strikes. They all obeyed. They might have taken different, different um, paths to do that, and, but, but they all obeyed, even when it seems unthinkable. And the last one is, and, and these are not in any order of importance, these aren't in a list of things to do, but these are all things that should take place when we're discouraged or down. Pray and worship. They all worshiped and prayed to a living God in the midst of their trials. That's where they turned. Job, I'll just read a section of his, after he lost everything. If you guys remember the story, um, Satan goes to God and says, I'd like to, I'd like to sift Job. I, I don't think he's the guy you think he is. And God says, knock yourself out, don't touch him, but you can touch everything he's got. Satan took his family, killed his kids, took all his herds. He lost everything except for his wife and his health. And then Satan says, well, if you take his health, surely he'll, he'll curse you. God says, have at it, just don't take his life. So Job ended up with sores from the bottom of the feet to the top of the heads, and he was sitting in a pile of ashes scraping his sores. Okay? But when Job heard all this news, at this he got up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. At the time, that was a sign of mourning. Then he fell to the ground in worship. Not my first act most of the time if I lost all that stuff. That's probably not what I'm going to do. I'm not going to lead with that one. Paul and Silas, after being beaten and uh, stripped, were thrown in jail. And it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Again, I'm not sure that's me after I've just been beaten and thrown in jail. Pray and worship. We're all going to go through times of discouragement, all of us, from birth. Disappointment, maybe even depression, if it goes far enough. In every second of it, as a believer, God calls us to honor him. I'm going to call up Luke. Luke's going to sing a special number for us. Uh, and as he comes up, I want to, I want to bring back uh, some of Evan's words from last week, from I think it was uh, the Good Friday service last week, Evan preached. Uh, and he reminded us, it, it really stuck with me. 
Evan, and I'm not, this aren't quotes, I didn't get his notes, but he said, have you ever been mocked or scorned? Have people spread lies about you? Jesus has. Have you had friends betray you and abandon you? Jesus has. Have you felt alone bearing a burden that's crushing you? Jesus has. Have you been beaten, whipped, and hung on a cross? Jesus has. Jesus knows what you're going through, and he will walk with you through it. And really, that's the, that's the only hope we have. So Luke's going to uh, sing a song, and after he's done, I w- I'd like you to pay atten- close attention to the words. This song really rips me up. Because it, if you think, I would like you to think about Ezekiel and Job and these guys who, who trusted the Lord through unthinkable circumstances. Uh, and after he's done singing, I'll, uh, I'll close out the service.
Jesus is faithful. Um, the Bible tells us a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Maybe you're feeling a bit bruised right now. I know discouragement is common, and a lot of us feel it, some of us more than others at different times. Um, perhaps what was once a flame in your life isn't really burning very bright right now. Jesus knows what's that, what that's like. He knows what it's like. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, I beg of you, the only way that you're going to find uh, joy in this life or joy in the next life is through Jesus Christ. Don't carry your burdens alone today. I'd like, uh, please talk with somebody. I'm going to sit, be up here afterwards, Doug, and all of our ministers, our elders. Dale's going to be in the office. Don't leave today without talking to somebody. Let's close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, if there are any here who are struggling with discouragement, I pray that you would comfort them. I pray that you would bring people around them, Lord, that could uh, just help bear those burdens and walk with them through it. Lord, I pray that you'd just place people around them to do that as well. Lord, and if there's any here that don't know you, I just pray that you would just again show them your faithfulness time and time again. Lord, I pray that you'd, you'd just drive them towards you Lord, please show us a compassion that can only come from you. Lord, heal our bruises. Rekindle the smoldering wick. Lord, give us strength and endurance to finish the journey strong. Amen.